Hey, Jack. It's Dad. At the time I am recording this, you are four years old. And I've convinced you to go to sleep with the promise of a cowboy movie marathon this weekend. Last week, we had to take you to the emergency room when you cut open your finger with a can opener while trying to take it apart so you could use the pieces of it for what you called a Terminator dress. Today, I found you in the bathroom shaving with a can of whipped cream and a spork. It is for these reasons that I record this message today. I feel that with a child like you, with all of your curiosity and affinity for dangerous things that you shouldn't touch, it's only a matter of time before you yourself discover that there is a spaceship in our tool shed. And that'll be a big day, I'm sure. I want you to be a part of all of this when you're old enough. In fact, I've been trying to make adjustments on this thing, so it's a two-seater. <laughs> but the ship has so many other problems with it in the first place, it crashes every chance it gets. I'd like to make it safer before we go traveling. <laughs> Which brings me to the other reason I am recording this. If something crazy ever happened, like if... Remember when we watched Bambi and there was that really sad part with his mom where... No, I'm sorry, that's not where I want this recording to go. You may be 20 listening to this for all I know. I hope not. God, please don't be 20 when you're listening to this. You won't ever hear this because I'll be fine and the shed is always locked. Just for safety. Yeah, I'm gonna redo all of this. Hello, son, it's your father. Hey, bro, it's dad. Jack, I am your father. Jack, it's dad. This recording is for you. Just in case anything ever happens to me while I'm gone on the ship, I can still tell you a few things. This little box with this little drive is going to get back to you no matter what happens. It's a messenger box. A special device, no bigger than a shoebox. You can train it to return to any place no matter how far. Just like those messenger pigeons we learned about on Animal Planet. I bought it from a strange man far from Earth. You heard me. Far from Earth, Jack. Now this may come as a shock to you, but... I have a spaceship. I got it when I was 16, like how some kids get a car. But the ship wasn't a gift from my parents. It landed in the woods by my house. I don't know if anyone was ever inside of it, but they weren't by the time I got there. I was a shy kid then. Nervous. Paralyzed with anxiety, actually. I lived my life with my head down. I can count on my two hands the amount of times I made eye contact for longer than two seconds with anyone. Well, other than my grandpa Jack. He was so cool. He did everything. He taught school. He invented things. He had the best belly laugh. And he was on a baseball team. 
I would watch him at games, and he did this thing where before he batted, he would turn his cap sideways and then straighten it out as a way to say hi to me in the stands. He and I were like, you and me. We knew each other. You and I are like that. (laughs) One time, when I was six years old, We were on vacation, and there was this swimming pool that was shaped like a kidney bean, you know? And I was so excited that while all the grown-ups were talking, I ran out and I jumped into the pool without my swimming ring. The only issue with that was I didn't know how to swim. I have this vivid memory of being a little confused because I was underwater and didn't expect to be. Especially with my eyes open, because... I never opened my eyes underwater. And I remember looking up toward the surface and everything being so bright. Seeing air bubbles going toward the surface and wondering why they were there. I'm sure now they were coming out of my mouth. At the time, it was a super neat view for a kid. Suddenly, I saw this hand coming down and I was being yanked up out of the water. It was my grandfather, who had jumped in with his normal clothes on to save me. Sometimes, when I first wake up in the morning and the light hits my eyes, I think of his hand reaching for me. And I can almost smell the chlorine. Anyways, the ship scared me. But there was something about it that was so alluring. It was so bright and beautiful, and in a moment of completely uncharacteristic courage, I got inside it, and you won't believe this, but it took off. I was in space for eight days total. Scariest eight days of my life. It's a small ship, but I hardly left my seat except to eat or go to the bathroom. After a while, I found something, though. The ship had stories in it. Stories from people from across the universe. Just 14 or so. And the last one was the story of the guy who owned the ship. He built the ship and decided to collect stories for his two little girls. He said he wanted them to be able to listen to the stories before bed and hear how big the universe is. For them to know that For them, their father built the ship all the way to the stars, and that anything was possible. As was my nature, I began to worry. If this guy built this ship and needed it to get home to his kids, what would he do with the guy who stole it? (laughs) Well, I did get back home. To the woods in the dead of night, and sure enough, the owner of my ride was there waiting for me. He was human, like me. I was in shock, I was a mess, I was pretty much a puddle on the ground. But this guy was calm, serene. I went on and on about how frightening it was. For an hour I sobbed, angry and sad. It was lonely and scary and awful, I said. Finally, out of exhaustion or a need to breathe, I stopped yelling. Did you look at the stars, he asked. The, 
I guess, yeah, I responded. I was stuck for eight days. I looked out the window at some point. Yeah, you kind of strike me as that kind of guy. Kept your head down so long you can't even lift it to see the amazing universe you live in. Now, son, I called this man some words I'm not particularly proud of, partially because they're bad words, partly because I wasn't really coherent, and I probably sounded like an idiot. Point is, he interrupted me. I'm going to give you the ship, he grinned. I need a couple things out of it, but then it's yours. I was floored, confused. I asked him what he meant. He climbed into the ship and yelled his response to me from the inside. I need the stories I've already recorded and the hula girl off the dash and she's all yours. I don't want it, I told him. He responded with a smile that seemed to laugh at me. You will, he told me. Hula girl in hand. Sooner or later, people get thirsty to live. The same way we get thirsty for water. You get hungry for learning everything you can, and one day you'll need to go out there and explore. He began walking away, and I tried to run to keep up, but, but I hadn't stretched my legs at all in the ship, and I wobbled to the ground as he continued walking. You'll want this ship eventually. If I'm wrong, you can sell it or leave it to rust. I'm giving you the choice. I can build another one, but you... Seem like the kind of kid who needs a push to get out there. I feel like your very own spaceship is a decent shove. Have fun. If you can't go out there for you, find someone worth going out there for. Then he was gone. In the moment, I was furious and exhausted, but looking back at it, it was a pretty cool move. Anyways, I didn't find someone worth going out there for until... I found out we were having you. Knowing you were coming into this world was the most exciting thing that ever happened to me. And I wanted you to have a life that was, well, in the very least, cooler than mine. A life where your bedtime stories came from beings who were brave and insane and underdogs who beat the odds. Bedtime stories that helped you believe that anything was possible. You're worth going out there for, a million times over. Should you receive this message, for any reason, I hope this message isn't too much. I also hope that it's enough. I love you, kid. I'm going back inside now to make sure you've stayed tucked in bed. You probably haven't. This is Dad. Signing off. God, that was lame. I'll redo this later. You've just listened to an episode of Stories from Across the Universe. The voice of Alpha Barnaby is Edward Vecchio. Original score composed by Edward Vecchio. Oh, God. Garbage delivery. <laughs> it's Mr. Seifert here with the garbage delivery. Okay, we'll take that again.